You guys, I am so excited for this conversation today, and I want to introduce you guys to Karen Eldad, known as Coach Karen. She is the founder with Enthusiasm Coaching, is an American personal and executive coach with a method designed to help the most intense personalities, aka overachievers, uncover and overcome their blind spots. That is their signature to their extensive body of work. Eldad is internationally recognized with her world-class leaders, high-profile athletes, and media personalities, and major corporations. Her work and key research, such as the Superstar Paradox, has been featured in numerous media outlets and publications, including the Harvard Business Review, CNBC, and Forbes. And her recent TEDx talk, You Don't Know What You Don't Know, has been viewed over 200,000 times. A multi-layered virtual and personal experience is the center of Eldad's warm, dictatic approach to coaching. Eldad believes that honoring people's personal experience and inherent uniquenesses is imperative to the process of self-inquiry. And her approach cuts through no corners and borrows from an ample range of coaching accreditations, including the Gold Standard International Coaching Federation Accreditation. Among Eldad's most notable clients are LVMH, Richmond, Luke Nux, Dotech Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Global Fashion Group, as well as several high-profile private clients. Eldad holds advanced academic degrees from the London School of Economics and the Hoover University of Jerusalem and is the author of the upcoming personal development book, Watch the Space, and is a top-level crisis counselor with Crisis Text Line. She lives in Austin, Texas with her husband, Ryan, and their four pets, Waffles, Moose, Nola, and Lila. Welcome. I am so excited for this conversation. I'm so excited too. You did a great job reading off all of those bizarre European company names. (laughs) Well done, Christy. I was like struggling a little bit. I read it first to go through and I was like, sometimes I have to make myself notes uh, because I'm a a girl from the South. So those European names can totally throw this girl off. (laughs) As I now live in Texas, I hear you. And we're going to try to make it simpler for, for years to come. I love it. Well, I am so excited for this conversation. Um, and just the idea of talking about overachievers, because we started having a conversation off air and I'm like, I, I knew the second that you and I got on that we were going to have this energy and a really in-depth conversation um, that was just going to be good. Because I feel like there's this there's this population of people that are overachievers, but I yeah. even think that there's this bigger thing that 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 classifies in this overachiever, which is People that are just hard on themselves, they set really high expectations for what they should be doing or how they should be thinking or how they should be feeling and all these different things. So uh, how did you fall into this work of um, helping the overachievers or helping people, um, I guess, kind of reset the realities and really step fully into what they're called to do? Because I feel like that's what you do, which is amazing. Thank you, Christy. That is what I do. And the reason I do it is because of me. I am a classic recovering overachiever. And you're absolutely right to qualify it as a general malaise. There is a common story in today's society. We all work too hard because the great holy grail of our society today is self-actualization, right? Before it was, you know, the white picket fence in the family. And before that, it was whatever it was. But today, it's self-actualization. Is you have to become a prominent X, Y, Z. And because we are constantly in pursuit of this and fall short, most of us end up unhappy. And there's a lot of data on the nation's psyche uh, that backs this up, though I coach people all over the world. But roughly 61% of people are substantially dissatisfied with their outcomes 
um, as they go through life and feel like they're not measuring up. So this is an enormous portion of the population. And when I fixed myself to be uh, um, probably a little bit more simplistic about it, but when I fixed myself, I thought, I, I can't be the only one. And that's when Live With Enthusiasm was created, which, fun fact, was exactly four years ago today. Well, congrats to you. Um, that, that's huge. Thank Let you. me ask you, when talking about success um, then and people not measuring it up, is it that they're measuring it with the wrong measures? Or yes, is, is it something part, deeper than that? Problem. That's okay. part of the what, problem. But it's, it's, it's a problem? little bit more nuanced than that. The main source of dissatisfaction is the constant pursuit of the things we think we want. And that's what produces the strain to keep up. The things we think we want are money, their status, their prestige, their what we tie into our identity from what we're getting, um, their security. And those things do not contribute at all to overall or lasting happiness. There have been a lot of studies about this, but just to put it in, in specific categories, there are three kinds of happiness that have been identified in academic study. The first is hedonic pleasure, which is really just money, security, and uh, George Clooney's life on a yacht. This has shown to have absolutely no lasting effect on your psyche. Isn't that amazing? So all of those Hollywood fantasies we all have are absolutely not essential. The second category is flow, the desire to really do something that you're obsessed with and lose yourself in it. For most people, this is what uh, is called purpose work or defining your passion. And again, uh, because most people are focused on the first kind of happiness, they don't get to flow. They don't get to real flow. They end up working, I don't know, as consultants or lawyers for the rest of their lives. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but most people in technical jobs who uh, have essentially been trading for security and for money or status. Finally, the last category of happiness is meaning, gratitude, service, contributing beyond yourself. And the vast majority of people, again, this is based on studies and surveys, don't reach anywhere near this level of contribution because, again, they are so focused on those tangible ways to measure happiness and success. So my point is, um, it's not just how we're measuring, it's what we're basing, what we're, what we're measuring that's off. Well, I want to, yeah, absolutely makes sense because I want to authentically stay and, you know, seasons of my life or, or past seasons, I, um, I've, I valued significance, which is, uh, yes. making sure I felt important. I was seen important, um, those type of things. And then I also valued certainty and those were probably my top two things I valued and what I measured as success. Uh, which is so backwards. Um, and I get why I was where I was and, and why I had curated myself to be in that. But I, but I realized that, uh, you know, money does not buy happiness. Um, it, it really doesn't. Um, significance doesn't buy happiness. And what? You, you have this accolade of, of wanting to feel significant and you check it off. And then how, how long do you actually feel successful? Well, you can't. You can't sustain it because most no. people are flaky. They're not going to adore you forever and ever. And no. also because you yourself will not achieve all the time. Christy, I, I know who you're referring to. Tony Robbins is why yeah. we do what we do. And of course, uh, this is derivative of Carl Jung's work and William Moulton Marson's work on emotional hierarchy of needs. And I think your listeners would really love to hear this uh, expanded upon in a few minutes, if, if you'll allow me, because it's such an important point you're making. 
You fall into a vast majority, and so do I, of people who are playing for significance and certainty. Now, let's talk about what this means. There are six underlying human emotional needs, six reasons for which we do what we do, six emotional things that we need to feel that we're safe and that we're okay and nothing bad's going to happen. All of us are operating from these emotional needs. And these are not Maslow needs. This isn't water or Wi-Fi. If anybody's listening to this, we're assuming you're okay. <laughs> you got that covered. <laughs> But what we are talking about is the emotional safety needs. The first one is certainty. That's the bottom line need. And that is the need to know that a tiger isn't coming to eat you, that uh, your marriage isn't about to dissolve, that you are secure. The second is the need for significance, the need to know that your life is having an impact. Now, a lot of people out there, especially overachievers, are thinking, yeah, that's a good one. It's not, actually. It's a trap. Because the need yeah. for significance implies a desire for validation. It implies the need for external recognition of your significance. And that is going to trip you up. Now, watch the first two, because the last four are always going to be tripped up by these first two if you are prioritizing them first. And most of us are operating principally from significance and certainty, which is why the next four become muted. The third one is the need for uncertainty or variety. It's a need to have problems and challenges and surprises. And a lot of people out there think, yeah, I'm cool with that. But no, you're not. I know this. I'm a coach. I'm a counselor and I'm a suicide counselor. People do not like problems or unexpected problems. And the reason they don't is because of the need for certainty. It trips you up. It makes you feel unstable. Can I, can I interject in there? Of course. All right. So I kind of disagree with that because... I think that some people thrive in uncertainty and variety if they have certainty in other areas of their life. And maybe I'm speaking from like personal experience, but passion, which is what we all love is what, where that lies, uncertainty, variety. I've been in different seasons of my life where I've been able to thrive in uncertainty and variety with some certainty in my life, even if it's the wrong certainty. Does that make I sense? I completely agree with that. I also think that it's not, uh, it's not really a disagreement because what we're saying is, you know, at, at any point, Christy, we're still operating from these six. Absolutely. Like you don't get rid of certainty and significance. Yes. yes they, just take a, they just take a backdrop. And you're right. What happens is they start to level out. And then uncertainty is no longer, hey, let's just jump out of a tree. It's much more... Uh, balanced. It's a much more balanced approach. I completely agree. And you're, you're spot on. Yes. The fourth is love and connection. Now start to think uh, if, if, if you start equating love with rejection or the possibility of failure, you start settling for connection. That's how we end up marrying business partners and roommates instead of lovers. The fifth is the need to grow and contribute beyond yourself. I completely agree with Tony Robbins here. If you are not growing, if you don't believe that this year is better off than last year, you are not happy. Your expectations and desires are not in the same place. Now, the problem with that is you have to actually take risks in order to grow. And most people who are operating from significance and certainty primarily are going to mute that portion. They're not going to grow, at least not that much. And finally, there's, of course, the need for contribution beyond yourself. And I just said that before we started to dive into these, most people will never see this level. They won't contribute to a hospital without demanding that a wing be named after them. They won't contribute to taxes, uh, to charity without a tax write-off. And the reason for that is nobody really wants to live like Gandhi. They want some kind of measurable return for it. And again, that comes from certainty and significance. So 
the point is when you start to really do the work, the work of coaching, you start to flip the switch on these. You start to realize that you get a lot of false benefits from certainty and significance, from money, from success, from titles, from validation. And you stop responding to it. You stop responding to it. Exactly. I woke up. Uh, I don't know what your experience was, Christy. I'd love to hear it. But I woke up smack dab in the middle of everything I ever wanted, a C-suite job, a really big house, married to a tall guy, and I hated every single piece of it. It was miserable. It didn't feel like me. It wasn't making me happy. The relationship was abusive. I was just thinking the only way that this looks good is on Instagram. And that's when I started to <laughs> untangle from all of those things. Yes, I, I can relate. I, I know. Um, and, but I'm thankful for all those experiences. So I, you guys, I said to begin and begin with, like she just went through all these different areas, you know, where I used to operate from now, I now operate from love and I'm still fully like, that's number one, like love connection, like loving. And, and I'm not just saying love another person. It's, it's loving what you do, loving the people that you're doing it with, the intensity that you're doing it with that purpose that yes, of course, the relationship is too. Like we all at the end of the day want what love and connection. Like, and like you said, it's not just, it's not just like, we don't want connections with, with attachments. We want that authentic love. And so the second one that I really feel like makes me tick and makes me alive is uncertainty. So I feel like I'm in a season of my life right now, authentically learning to step with uncertainty in every area of my life. Cause that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's so exciting. Nothing is certain, but it is so exciting, but I will authentically say it's terrifying as well. So there's been so much work that I've done, mind work and um, rebuilding work and rebuilding patterns and yeah. all these things that uh, I've authentically portrayed to, you know, our audience and people that are listening here. And I want you guys all to like, know, like, it's okay if, if where you're at right now, you're not happy with, and you want to change or rebuild because um, <laughs> I'm doing it and that we're all on our own journeys. And um, I just think this is such a profound conversation, um, as far as success. And I think it's something that we all need to have with ourselves and with the people in our lives. Um, you know, because we all base success on sometimes it's what other people want, um, and not necessarily inherently what we want. Oh, it's that perception. You hit, you hit it on, you hit it on the nose. You know, Christy, first I want to tell you that as a practitioner, I'm hearing you and I, I just hear that you really are already in the zone. So you're doing exceptionally well. And I think that's amazing. That's a beautiful thing to watch, especially as somebody who's gone through it herself. Um, what might be helpful to your listeners is to start to understand what's tripping them up, why they are still uh, stuck if they are possibly stuck. And that way they can start to identify it and really aim for a deeper understanding to really embrace this. Why do we do what we do? What am I really getting out of this uh, mode and inquiry that leads to transformations like Christie's? I love it. I think that's powerful. So I think that we all want that. Um, you know, one of one of the questions I wanted to ask you today is because I think it's a, a something that people can tangibly take away with. We all feel like we're working so hard, right? Yeah. But we're all feeling like maxed out, like we don't have much left to give. Um, yeah. How do you would you suggest to start to overcome this and to feel better? Yeah. Well, stop working so hard. Okay. Here's the deal. The belief that hard work is the only thing that results in success is bogus, phony baloney, complete hokum. Here's why. If you think that Jeff Bezos works harder than me and is worth, I don't know, 10,000 million times more than me, that makes absolutely no sense. It's not something that we can compute. So 
Effort is not commensurate with reward. There are people all over this country who are working two and maybe even three jobs and they're barely making ends meet. So the hard work belief has to go. Instead, inspired work, passionate work, work that's really filling you with happiness and therefore recharging you constantly is a completely different premise and leads to vastly different results. The main thing that people need to untangle from in order to buy Karen's premise, which is actually hard work will not set you free. That's a Nazi slogan, but fun work will make you happy is to completely untangle from the overriding belief in bottom lines, in tangible bottom lines. Most people need to see things to believe them. They believe therefore that success comes from measurable power, from titles, from money, from status. Now, those are important benchmarks for career measurement, but being happy and living true to yourself are way, way better. And if you just look around at those who do have the money and do have the status, you're going to see that many of them don't have happiness, don't have particularly stable lives, and are certainly not living true to who they really are. So the redefinition of success by realizing that what you really want to be is to be happy. And I welcome everybody out there testing that. What do you want the money for anyway? To be happier, you're going to be less stressed, for sure, happier. We are going to take a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by startplanner.com, your tool for a more organized life. Featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc.com, Start Planner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute, and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system. Align schedules, to-dos, finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at startplanner.com. So if you're a C-suite executive, you're a superstar out there, you're aspiring to not live with anxiety and stress and pain and hard work and personal problems, be brave enough to reframe what success actually means and what it's good for. And to do this, I recommend sitting down and writing out what each facet of your life would look like if you applied happiness to them. This is your marriage, your children, your extended family, your friendships, your professional networks, your uh, social media, by the way, your travel, your work. Ask yourself, what, full, what, what elements are missing for fulfillment? And start working towards those, including the additional time off, the additional relaxation, the self-care, the connection. And you'll live a very, very different, very rich life. I, you guys, like this is profound. Like if you didn't just get this, like back it up, listen to it again and really absorb everything that she said. Cause like, I could not agree more. And I think that, you know, some things that you said, um, I think for me, it actually took going through personal experiences. A lot of times we grow through our pain. Yes. That's where we learn, yes. you know? And I think that anybody that if you're struggling with something, know that you are being taught something here. Mm -hmm. And um, you're a coach. So I just wanted to bring this up because the idea of investing in education or the idea of investing in a coach sometimes is like flipped, right? Like, I don't know if I can spend that money or whatever, but I personally have invested in uh, education experiences, mentors, coaches, um, therapy, all the things. And I fully believe that is what has allowed me to grow and to evolve and to change and adapt. And that's what we're meant to do. We're either, like you said, we're either growing or we're dying. And 
I honestly constantly want to be someone here on this earth, you know, for my last breath is someone that is growing. Um, so can you talk to people about the benefits of having a coach or a mentor yeah. and where you really see difference in people's lives and, and what you do? Absolutely. So I want to start by saying I couldn't agree with you more. And I used to not agree with you, which is really, really a very important thing to say. I used to think that it was complete whole. I'm just crazy to spend a fortune on a coach and uh, let alone therapy. And today I think it's the only justifiable expense because it's an investment that pays with dividends. As a matter of fact, I quote uh, Warren Buffett very often, who not only has only one diploma on his wall, and that is from his coach, uh, instead of the Ivy League schools that he went to, it's the same in my office. The, the, he says very often that you personal development and investment in yourself is the only one that constantly makes a difference. You have one body and one mind in this entire lifetime. And if you don't tend to those before absolutely everything else, what is the else even worth? This is completely true. It's not only because it's transformed my entire life. It's transformed my money game. It's transformed my passion game. It's transformed uh, my love game. I'm in a completely different relationship from the one uh, I was in before. And all of my relationships, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my friends, et cetera, et cetera. So my whole universe has completely been transformed through coaching. And I find a very similar experience uh, is shared by those who have gone through uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy, or an, any intense method of coaching, because we kind of back you into a wall, undo all of the beliefs that are kind of stuck in your way. And they're what is repeating those patterns that are making you stuck, stunted, unhappy, simply not living to the fullness of your potential and gets you to the fullness of your potential. There is no price I wouldn't pay to get to live authentically as I am and to get to have this level of freedom. I think you'll agree with me, Christy. I mean, there's nothing, yeah. I, I get choked up. It, it changed and saved my life. Renee Brown speaks the same way and chokes up. All of us who have been through this process, like cannot imagine not doing this. And that is the argument I'll make. I also want to say that even from money gurus like Ramit Sethi, who I follow on Instagram, and I'm a big, big fan of his books, um, personal development should really not be seen as an expense. It is just like higher education, except unlike my master's degrees, this one was way more essential for me. Yep. I think that um, inevitably we have a hard time pushing ourselves for our own growth. And ultimately, someone else pushing us can see us in a different perspective. So I think that's where the huge value is. Um, and I think even more than that, you know, you, you mentioned about being able to relate to someone that's gone through it. Not only being able to relate to someone that's gone through it, they've gone through it. They've came out the other side. They know what it takes. And if you can speed up your process, if you can have more freedom, if you can have more mental, less stress and emotional healing and, um, you know, being able to spend the time that we have here on this earth and taking those steps with intent purpose quicker as opposed to waiting 10 years or, or, or sure. saying I'm going to do it next Monday or next year or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's those things that become coaches become accountability partners, whether it be in um, like in your area that you work in or whether it be in, you know, fitness or health or whatever it is. I'm a big believer in having coach and mentors and all the different areas of our life to, to really push us to be, um, you know, to evolve and to become the people that we are supposed to be. Um, I agree so. with that. And I think that supporting accountability is a very, very big part of the picture. 
But the most valuable thing anybody will get from a trained, properly accredited coach is we actually see your blind spots. We are trained to help you. And a really seasoned coach can see your blind spots from a mile away precisely because of what Christy says. Been there, done that. As in, you'll recognize it. If you've really gone to the other side, you know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. You're, you're going to say, listen, here's what's tripping you up. I've seen it. I've been there. And that's very, very helpful. That's what saves people years. Absolutely. So Karen, can you tell everyone, leave everyone uh, with number one, where can they find you? Your website, your, your social media, all those good things. Um, and then leave everyone with um, one tip on uh, how they can apply to actually today and kind of reframing a mindset of success. If, if you could leave one thing, I know that's kind of a broad thing to do, but I'm going to challenge you to, to ask that. No problem. The first thing is anybody can find me at, at KarenLDad.com. Karen, not like the memes, K-E-R-E-N-E-L-D-A-D.com. And on Instagram, at Coach Karen. And I'd love to hear from all of you if you've been moved by this talk and you'd like to speak further. The most important and only tip I give at the end of absolutely every call I have on the suicide hotline, on crisis text line, and with my clients is this. Be easy on yourself. You are doing way better than you think. People forget that they were once babies, that they are doing their best around here, that they have serious leverage, that they had good intention, and they don't speak to themselves this way. My number one tip for beginning to really live a different life is to go back to, it's okay, you got this, nothing needs to happen this red hot second, to just be easy on yourself. I hope that helps absolutely everybody else out there. I think that's so powerful. It's the, the premises of learning to let go and give yourself some grace. So Karen, thank you so much for this uh, conversation. I knew it was going to be amazing and in depth and I literally could feel, I know that we have a lot of similarities. I could talk to you all day long. Um, you guys, thanks for listening. You guys give her a follow. Um, I'm a huge fan of her work and all that she does. Um, Thank you again for this conversation, Karen, and I look forward to staying in touch. Thanks, Christy. Until next time. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.